0: What's the like? Welcome to the Winest Shuffle the Inverness Caledonian Thistle FC fan podcast The podcast that is back in action With more explosive language than Deadpool harsher interrogations at Casino Royale And more grizzled and ugly old faces than The Expendables in this pod, Fright Night at Firhill, Cove Carved Up, The Return of the Arbroath Wind Machine, Arachnophobia, League Cup Qualification, Interviews with Danny McCain, Supporters Trust, and Dodgy Stewards, Dodgy Shoes, and Dodgy Defending. And 28 years worth of ICT references packed into now with a well conjecture and mild distraction. Let's shuffle. What did Tarzan say
1: when he found his screwdriver? Oh, there's it!
0: Welcome one and all, I'm Andrew Moffat, and joining me today for this action film themed pod looking at the first month of ICT Action is Triple X Stevie Riley, hello. Hello. Tron, Andrew Sutherland, hello. Hello. And Jurassic World, Andrew Young. Hello. hello. <laughs> you don't normally you don't normally get the third one, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, before we kick up the action, we do have a, a hell of a lot of football to cover. So let's do something that isn't football. So uh, let's go back to the summer. There was no World Cup. There was no Euros. What films did you watch? Multiverse of Madness, Prey, The Grey Man, or was it Love Island like Sean Wilk? P- People are listening. They're dying to know when a tree falls in the woods and no one is there, does it make a sound? And similarly, when there's no football, do, you, do the three of you exist when there is no football? What do you do?
2: I was kind of outside all summer kind of in the garden of golf course or walking all that sort of stuff so yeah I didn't watch much um I was trying to think I kind of watched various kind of small indie things but I did watch the big the, or the last Bond film um and I thought it was quite pish actually <laughs> uh, so uh I yeah joke. did you I, I thought it was I, did. Like, I
0: thought it was a good end to that sort of uh, iteration of Bond, if
2: you like. I see. I thought the opposite. I thought they kind of tried to make it into a big requiem for Daniel Craig's character. Do you know what I mean? They were kind of far yeah. like, too much about him, trying to make you cry one minute and trying to like do kind of substandard comedy the next. I, I was quite disappointed in it. Should have gone after Skyfall then.
0: Anyone else watch Bond or or nothing at all?
2: Yeah, I thought Bond was good. <laughs> I thought Bond was good, um, but I've um,
1: recently gotten back into um, not a film but New Girl on Disney Plus. Um, <clears throat> getting there before the the cost of living crisis hits and uh, got a cheap voucher deal. So yeah,
0: yeah. is is that the thing with Zoé Desha- Deschanel?
1: That's that? the one, Zoé Deschanel.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I do. Do apologise? I'm not really up in my uh, friend, <laughs> Fridge, that, <laughs> Quebec surnames. <laughs> Stevie, I
3: have. I guess like said you boys offline. I think I, I don't know how the players. My feel I was knackered as a fan. I think once the playoffs were finished, I was, I was like. Couldn't be asked for football, we actually in the Scotland games, didn't really tickle my fancy as much as we normally do, but um, yeah, for me, I, started, I finally watched a lot of Harry Potter films that's been on the bucket list for a few years. Um, I still think it's a pile of shit, but I get through them all. Um, and then the Pam and Tommy series on Disney Plus about the sex tape between Pam Landerson and Tommy so Lee. Is, uh, go
0: back to the Harry Potter films, I mean, y- your child is only what one, so why uh, did you nearly? Watch them? Yeah, when did I watch them? What, what, why did you watch them? Was the missus a big Harry Potter fan? Because no, you don't look—you don't look anything like him. You're like the I, anti-Harry Potter. Well, thank you very much. I've my second name, but no, I think <laughs> uh, I've, always, I've watched it for three, and I've
3: got to like the Goblet of Fire, and thought I need, I need to finish them and Yeah, just watched them in bed, and uh,
0: yeah, it was uh, average. <laughs> right, uh, enough about the half-blood prince. Like, let's move on to Highland highlight. Uh, and do you know what? Let's bypass the party game for a second, and we're obviously recording this. But well, obviously we are recording this uh, before the Morton game, so you know whether the Morton game had a great goal in it or, or not. What's what's your been what's your highland highlight been in these first few games? Bar them, you know, was it um, Aussie v Co? Was it the Billy McKay raking against Queens Park? Roddy's sublime sublime header against Cove in the Cup. You've got Oakley's winner uh, v Kelty. or was it the sheer intake of alcohol from the young team in Arbroath?
1: I think for me. Um... Livy away, probably one of the most boring away days ever um, alongside St. Johnston, but it was kind of lit up by um wonderful bit of skill by uh, Danny Mackay um, in the second half. Um, I thought it was some kind of elastical Ronaldinho type skill he had done. It turns out it wasn't quite as impressive as that, but still, you know, some um, fantastic kind of wing play to shimmy past um, some Livy jobber defender um, and nearly set up a goal for us. Um, it was really good to see him back um, whilst he maybe hasn't kicked on as well as he might have wanted to in the last few games. Um I think he's still a viable asset. So it was nice to see him back out playing wide left for us and showing off some skills. I had to say myself
3: actually still my, my liner. I think uh, it's it's exciting to see how direct uh got goat players he's he's also built up a lot as well. he mentioned that in an interview that he's worked in his fitness in the gym and stuff. And I think Hib said that, that he had to be a bit bigger and you can see he's he's grown into his stature but yeah it was frightening to watch and yeah as I've said normally a quite a shut away day was a uh, little by Dan Mackay, so that's my highlight of the, the month season so far.
2: Uh, mine was probably Billy McKay's goal against Queen's Park just because it's it's really good to be there to see your team get off the mark for the league season you know and I think at the time after a, a promising start in that game and then a pretty awful 20-25 minutes it felt that at the time Right, that's gonna now stink half, you know, we're gonna turn them over. And of course it didn't turn out that way, but it was it was a good moment. It was good uh, you know, and, and also thinking that Billy Mackay, you know, the, the old boy still got it. Do you know what I mean? This is the first of his 20 this season, but yeah, I don't know if that's gonna happen either.
0: That was that was mine as well. You you've stolen mine just like uh, sub stole Stevie's, but uh, Billy's was mine, not because it was such a clean strike, but because um there was a Queen's Park fan right across the stairs from me in the main stand where I was sitting. Uh, and him and his, his, i say, older middle-aged friends were making it very clear that they were Queen's Park fans. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever been at the football with me. I didn't really enjoy that. Uh, so when the goal goes in, I'm on the stairs, right in his face, arms aloft, just going, yes! No violence, just standing there. You're know, going, yes, as I should be able to do in the main stand. And he's just sitting, looking up at me with his big baldy knapper, going, wanker, wanker, wanker i
3: would be about his shoes, Moth, though. You got, you've got Oh, his shoes!
0: Bed. I thought we were going to about his shoes later on. Yeah, he had, uh. he had. How would you describe his shoes? I think
3: they were uh, backless loafers, weren't they? If you slip-ons, but backless with no backless leather
0: slip-on loafers. There you go. You know, <laughs> you you can only laugh about that. <laughs> Game by game, Friday the 19th of August, Partick Thistle away the 4-1 loss.
3: Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned or negotiated with.
0: Some men just want to watch the world burn. That would be my nemesis, Brian Graham, blowing up our title hopes like the Joker exploding hospitals. Was that our worst league result? if not performance, in as many years as you can remember?
3: Hard to remember something worse. I mean, was it last season, that start, when we lost... We didn't lose a league game in more than one goal, didn't we not? Or any game until the the last St-Johnson game. But yeah, Scott Tiffany again, tormented us. And yeah, I felt for, for Lewis Hider right back in the first half. I mean, it's, it's maybe evident now that we should have signed a, a right back in the summer. I mean, I, I'm sure he didn't expect have as many injuries at the back and suspensions as he's had in the first few games. But, yeah, we were, we were torn apart down that side. I thought we were too narrow. And I said to you before recording, I thought in the first minute we stood off and we, we looked like we were on our ankles. We weren't pressing. It was, I can't remember if we put two or three passes together. It was a joke. And, uh, yeah, big game comes back to haunt us again, which is frustrating. But we don't really play well at know We won in the, in the playoffs last season. We played well in the 0-0 game with Welsh missed a penalty but generally over the years I don't think it's one of a, a better way grounds to go to so hopefully it's just a blip and we get back to winning ways this Saturday Martin. But could you,
0: could, just, of, could, you, could you see that coming could any of you see that coming guys could you could
3: Not you see not, that one not coming Not 4-1 I, no. I, I mean I I am surprised they lost against Queen's Park last week I think this will be up to a challenge all season but I don't see 4-1 coming I'm not see 4
1: one coming not I mean, no their, their, their defence is a bit suspect, but it looked pretty resolute against us. I mean, I would actually kind of disagree a little bit with um, Stevie there. I actually thought, like, for for the first, like, 15, 20 minutes, I thought we were trying to press them quite hard up the pitch. Uh, Roddy was kind of leading the charge, almost up beyond Billy McKay at times. um. But, yeah, I mean, they, they, they just passed it around so quickly. I think the problem with with, with Roddy kind of pushing really far forward um, with a couple of others trying to close them down, it left us quite exposed. It basically left Allardyce trying to protect the back four by himself. And Park were really, really good at moving the ball, you know, pretty quickly, pretty directly forward. I thought. Um, obviously, Riley's mentioned um, Tiffany. Um, I thought he was well supported on the left by Harry uh, Milne as well. I think it is. Um, he, he's, he's he's impressed well apparently since um, his move from Peterhead.
0: I think it was and, his um, um, his cross for the fourth goal. Yeah, that, that, that was I mean have yeah. to hold our
1: hands up. That that really was a good goal, actually. That was a very yeah. good goal. Um but the other the I, other
0: three goals are defendable.
1: Oh yeah. I mean the obviously the the, the, the Robbie Dees error was just horrendous. It was a it was a it was a daft challenge from I think it was Carson to concede the penalty. Um yeah, I mean they, they, they were daft mistakes, but I mean I guess one one thing to point out as well is also that you know I think a few other people have mentioned it online is the um back four for us was Quite young, you know. You had uh, Hyde there, Delaney, who's done okay, but still pretty, uh, maybe finding his feet at this level. These, um, obviously, you know, he's been around a bit now, but he, he's quite young, and obviously Harper as well, is um, who, who had looked a bit better, I thought, in, in the couple of games I'd seen so far this season, in a defensive sense. But it, it was quite a quite a raw, inexperienced back line, and I think Thistle took full advantage, and yeah, they they were really, really impressive. Of well, the front three,
3: Doran looked for me most likely to do something.
0: There I was one. Was, of I very, thought he was completely out of the game. I thought the game the
2: There was one very good volley put through from McKay. I remember, but after that, yeah. or not, but after before that, or so that was really late in the half. He, I think, it looked like he was playing too far up the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was almost mm-hmm. playing second striker more than I've seen almost any at any other point. And yeah, so that seemed to take him out of the game. And although I think Roddy, you were saying Roddy was pushing up further, and that was maybe to allow Doran to push further forward when the ball wasn't getting to Roddy, when Roddy wasn't getting that service, and when Dan McKay in particular wasn't getting service because he barely had a sniff in oh. the first either that we weren't getting the ball to him, um, then it just meant that I think Doran was, as Moff says, as, was kind of redundant. So it was like, it wasn't so much that he used the ball badly, it was just that he barely got it, I think. Yeah. Like, I, th- I thought the other thing was, I mean, I we were setting best all over the park. You're talking about yeah coming down, uh, uh, Tiffany giving Hyde a hard time, but actually the first two bo- goals both came down, Partick's right-hand side with Lawless and Cole McKinnon, you know, kind of just look, looking much sharper and, and kind of playing through us. Um, and when we were in possession, we gave it away really easily. I oh, can almost count the number no of soft. very, very passes, you know. And that's, I mean, that's quite unusual. It's rare to see us just give the ball away so cheaply so often, you know, so many unforced errors. So it's almost like a kind of perfect storm of Park being in good form, us not seeming to get our positioning right, but also making incredibly fundamental errors. Does, does
0: this lay bare the inadequacies, though? Because it looks like we are significantly better than probably half the teams in this league, and we should win the majority of those matches. But when we are going to be coming up against Dundee and Park Thistle, we need to be better. So is this a is this really just the fact that you know the leaders in the team, as in uh, Welsh and Divine, are not playing? Or does it lay bare that we should have signed more experience and or should have signed a right-back?
3: But both, I think. I mean, I think we missed a leader in the middle of the park, both defensively and midfield. But you know, remember last season, our records against the bigger teams were better than the so-called smaller teams. So maybe the flip side this year, but I think about both injuries and also the, the lack of a leader. I'd, I'd like to have seen a more experienced head signed. I don't mean a 37-year-old Broadfoot, but someone that can maybe... Be a bit more vocal. I thought we were quiet on Friday. I mean, didn't hear anyone shouting when we lost a the goal. There was no, no one was Ging anyone up, you know, so it was quite frustrating from that.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, We definitely missed someone like Broadfoot. Um yeah. You know, okay, he's maybe not a, a, a holy culture defender, but, you know, he gives you a lot of experience and, and he was good for us for most of last season. So I think mean, we definitely missed him, especially like Brian Gray and was really ragdolling Delaney. I think Delaney was quite wise to some of Graham's little, um, shall we say, tricks. The little elbows kind of <laughs> being left in and stuff, you know. So fair play to Delaney for not reacting to that. But but you know, Graham was throwing him around like an empty tracksuit half the time. Um, and I think Kirk Broadfoot wouldn't have taken any of that, and well, probably decked, him, I'd <laughs> imagine. But um, yeah, we have bit of experience. And yeah, it, not not signing the right back is it's a very bizarre thing to say, especially now after you know a few games into the season.
0: Can I just say actually for for you when I mean, you speak, EY, But Not signing a right-back, it isn't just that we don't have a a recognisable right-back in the squad. It's the fact that in that game where we needed something else in midfield, we had two central midfielders out of the five, six central midfielders that we have, and they were both deployed at right-back ineffectually, where they could have both been deployed in midfield and done a better job and helped take the guys in the middle of the park. So it's not just the fact there isn't a right-back. It's the fact that, you know, what's the knock-on effect of that?
2: Yeah, I, I think that you're right about that. I think that, that was a game for uh, a Carson in top form as a midfielder. You know, I mean, we know that he's he's had Hink one game in the League Cup and he, he looked a wee bit kind of rusty in the middle of the park. But I think Carson in the middle there, if he was playing as we know we can, would have been good. Well, the point I was going to make, actually, is we're talking a lot about the defence. But I think the other thing about this season so far, you've a about inadequacies. I get the impression that Billy does still isn't quite sure what his kind of front Five or six as, as more offensive players should be yet. If you look at the kind of blend of it, he changed from the um, Queen's Park game to the Cove game, and then again, no, sorry, Queen's Park game to their growth game, and then he changed it again for the um Cove game. And then for the first time, he kind of stuck with it, but it didn't seem to work this time. So I suspect that for the next game, he's going to go back again. And so uh, until he kind of hits on a formula that seems to deploy say Samuel's best or whatever. It gets most out of Doran or whether Doran's going to start or not, and whether Mackay is the the spearhead or whether Mackay actually drops back and allows Samuel's to come in there or whatever. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of kind of juggling like that. And if he hits in a good formula, then great. But the danger is that one team really starts to run away with it as we keep dropping points. You know, do, do, do you think it out. was say
0: do you think it was tactical or selection mistakes in that game?
2: I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, th- the thing is you can see exactly why Samuels was played as he was because we needed cover for Hyde um, and Samuels has got that incredible engine. He works really hard. He's got the pace to get up and down the field. Um, But I think the thing about that is I suspect that Samuels now is potentially the the most composed and the quickest finisher in the parts. I think Samuels, especially playing the counter-attack through the middle, could have got us something with Makai maybe in behind him, but then wouldn't have had anyone to cover on that right hand side. So I think he's in a bit of a he did have a bit of a dilemma there. I think Billy does. I don't, you know, I think it's, um you know, it's, it's an understandable reason that he had for doing it. And I think in the Cove game, Samuels was playing there and was able to cut in and still score two. But he was playing against a far weaker team. I think so for potentially the weakest team in the league.
0: So you think there's a work in progress? Do you think he will? Yeah. Do you think he will? Go and get a right back. I mean, is, obviously, most people that you can buy will will be off the market now, um, unless you're looking for a goalkeeper, Xander Clark from St Johnston. Stuff he's without a club. But if you're looking for a right back, you'd be looking for a loan signing. Do you reckon we might that might transpire?
1: I think if we if we do go for a right back, I would imagine it probably would be a loan signing. I can't imagine they're going to want to sign another. I, I I feel like in terms of um permanent full-time members of the squad were probably you know we're probably as we are for the rest of the season now. So, yeah, maybe a, a young loan sign from a, you know, Hearts, Hibs, maybe Aberdeen or whatever might come in just to kind of, you know, offer a bit of competition for that that birth. Um, It does seem more and more likely that Carson probably is seen as the long-term uh, right-back. Um, I, I just want to maybe just quickly go back to a point that Stevie made, and, and I agree with him on this one. I, I did feel like we, we were quite narrow against Partick um, on Friday. Like that, Danny McKay likes to obviously cut in quite a lot from the left-hand side, and, and so was Samuels um, and I think there was one and I think this showed maybe how Samuels was trying to be deployed there was one moment in the first half when he cut in from the right when Roddy had the ball in center midfield and he was desperate for Roddy to kind of play a, a chip ball over the part of the back line for him to run onto, and, and unfortunately the pass never came but that, that seemed to be how I guess Samuels was expecting to be utilised he would cut inside and try and break in behind the Park defence and try and Get on the end of any through balls, and but they just didn't materialise because Partick were just so, um, you know, well kind of drilled in the centre of the pitch. They just completely snuffed out any of those
0: opportunities. Saturday, the thirteenth of August, Cove at home, four-one win. Aussie rules. That's not a striker. This is a striker. Samuel's at his playoff best. Name that film. Dundee
2: Yeah, well
0: done. Uh, Samuel's at his playoff best with a brace. Could he be a hat trick? Nathan Shaw grabbing the rebound for the fourth and Aaron Doran deflecting in Danny McKay's strike earlier in that game. Let's talk about Samuels. We talked about him a little already. He's unpredictable. He's ostensibly not going to put in a lot of crosses. He's a forward playing out wide, but he's dangerous. He's physical. He's fast. And most importantly, teams cannot deal with him. Do you think he can continue that form for the whole season? And could we see upwards of 10 league goals from the chap?
3: A good start, I think. I think Ay said in the previous uh, comment. I, I I used to see him as a wide player, but I find him through the middle now. I think he likes playing through the middle, and it's it's just a dilemma: who plays behind him as a ten? You play Billy's a ten or Roddy's a ten, and play just a one up top. But yeah, I think he's 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 Marmite. He's he's never going to. I don't think you're going to get two or three games in a row where he's consistent. I think you'll have that one world day, and then maybe a couple of average games, but. He showed all against Cove that he's, he's composed, and I think you've said in the comment before, he's probably our most composed finisher at the moment. And uh, he'll get more than 10 league goals. I, I'll put my hat in that and say that he'll, he'll he might not get 20, but he'll, he'll do well. Do
0: you think we could have three players getting more? Do you think we could get Dan Mackay, Billy, and Samuels on 10 each? Because if we got that,
3: then Billy, Bill, Billy, probably. I don't know, I don't know about Dan. I'd like to say yes, but then it's how we play Dan and how, how clinical he is. But my, Billy and Austin also get 10 each. I think it'll be a, more of a spread of goals up top this year.
0: Yeah. What about the big two? Uh, Robbie Dees back at the heart of defence and uh, Big Allardyce controlling the game. I know obviously the park game hasn't gone well, but if our season is going to go well at all, then how important are these two?
2: I mean, yeah, really important. The one thing about Dees is, though, I mean, although I think he's a tremendous player, we still don't know for definite whether Billy Dodd's will be keeping him there, or whether when Max Ram is back and when Divine is back and when Delaney is an option, whether Diaz goes back out to left back or whether he actually, you know, is is a central defender this season. Speaking to my bros, I think he's a centre half, and I think probably maybe a caveat
3: from staying. Maybe I'm not saying he would leave. He wants to play centre half. He said he had his shift at left back, and right. I can't. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I'm not, not saying, about Dodge would say like you're playing there. He's not going to say no probably, but I think personally, uh, he wants to play centre half and. I get a point, you know, maybe to make it more solid, you put my left back and make it more a bigger structure at the back, but I can't see it,
2: mate. Yeah. Uh, an answer to what you were saying about Allardyce, by the way, because we didn't touch on that. I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's great seeing them in there, but I think Cove, obviously, are, are significantly weaker than Park certainly, and probably Queen's as well. And I think we'll see the best of Allardyce when Sean Welsh was fit again. I think those two are a really good partnership. You know, Welsh provides that, you know, that calmness and that ability to kind of, you know, just shield the ball and Allardyce is more dynamic. You know, it allows Allardyce to be more with sort of box-to-box, you know. In fact, either of them can do that. You know, So I, I just think we'll see him at his best then.
0: Okay, Saturday, the 6th of August, Arbroath away, nil-nil draw. Uh, for this one, I'm going to go for Con Air, A bunch of criminals using the elements to get what they don't deserve. And Big Dick is obviously Cyrus the Virus, if anyone remembers that film. I watched it very recently. Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> uh, we started okay here. Like that' TV. we started okay here, but we slowly got bogged down into their style of football. Uh, I got a message from Nicky Lowe that says after the game, awful game, the win machine was on again. And one from Scott Kelliker, that says, horrible place to go and try and play football. I'm just going to say discuss, discuss that.
3: It was a shit show, wasn't it? Just a total embarrassment. I'm sure Scott Allen will love playing there every every second Saturday, but his silky okay football. So uh, good luck to him. But yeah, just an on event, wasn't it? It was uh, no highlights at all. The, the wind ruined it, and I suppose I are both not to play the wind, don't they? You just ball over the top, and if you're playing every every two weeks, you you know how to play in the wind. But yeah, non event, waste of money. Good day out, but yeah, game was game was push.
4: Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I normally don't particularly like it when people use the wind as an excuse, but when you saw the way the ball was kind of holding up like that, um, it was. It was a, it was a horrible watch. Um, and apparently, ironically, Dick Campbell um, was complaining about the wind uh, for their game of Wraith Rovers this weekend, which uh, which is pretty rich. One thing I wanted to ask, Stevie, that that maybe explains it. You were saying that, you know, play, play ball over the top. So is that why we played Oakley up front again in the first half, just to do it like that? I think more of yeah. a presence, share yeah, more physical. But I, don't, I, uh, think, yeah. I think the players, and maybe it's
3: just repetition, but you said he's tried to play the ball on the ground and, as you know, it didn't work. And, I mean, every time Marquardt just kicked the ball, I mean, it, especially, I think, in the second half, it just swung out in towards the main stand-up. The wind was going right towards the, the dugouts. But, yeah, just an uh, impossible place to play good football. And uh, I feel sorry for our both fans watching that every every other week.
0: Well, Stevie, let's hear what the Our Broth fans have to say. I spoke with season ticket holders Jim Moet and Cy Webster after the game who shared some memories of 1994 as well as 2022
5: Jim Mewitt, season ticket holder Arbroath, shit game ruined the wind Howland wins uh, dead set penalty, turned down for Arbroath just been interrupted somebody stole my beer that's it uh, Fosu, Fosu was the best player of the day, up front, new sign-in, three points dropped for the Ligtys. Well, I remember we got humped and the uh, Inverness players scored a hat-trick, Hercher, was it? Yeah, I remember that. And Arbroath fans were behind one goal and I always remember there was a load of Arbroath fans up and one of them was an absolute, he'd just been released by prison, he was a thief and was there a supermarket behind one stand or something and uh, we, we were looking at the ground and he broke into a car, this is true, and he stole a transistor radio, <laughs> can't do the thing. and then I was on TV, also the news was there, Grandpa in today or whatever and uh, the guy that was doing the interview I ran on the pitch, because it was half pushed, this is true. And I got a ball, and I started done keep the option, and I'd done a massive flick behind his head, and I was caught on camera. So if anybody's got the film of that, I may have been on Betamax or VHS at the time. If you could send it to me, Si Webster, Kara Gayfield Park, I'll be most fucking uh, delighted. And I'll send you up some Smokies. Well, Carly, I love Inverness. It's a, it's a great uh, day out and on, and uh, we've never had any bother ways. You know what I mean? And uh, all the best for the season. Thirty-six no smokies and wine. And what about when we beat you in the playoffs last season? Bastards.
2: How old are she, by the way? Are oh, they both old? Aye, he's he's really famous, Cy Webster. I can't remember but it was a and J or, or some columnist he used to call or someone. It might have been Graham Spears or someone, but he was this kind of oddman's comedy figure that was referenced in someone's column oh, right. all the time years ago.
0: So it was you know. Cy that says he, he must have been on the pitch doing the you ups, and he must be. Our our fans always always about a bit of good crack in our broth. Titty's nuke. That was actually the first time I've been there. I know, Stevie, you arranged that we get together in, in the chairman's pub again. Uh, you know, I know we talk about how it's a terrible place to go for the football, but it's actually a brilliant place to go for the socializing, isn't it?
3: That's cracking a way, It's a great, great way, to, regardless of where you're coming from. And it's uh, yeah, pubs are good. I mean, yeah, yeah, just the chairman's uh, daughter for putting on a good spread. I mean, that was quite eventful, and a few of the young boys probably had sore heads the next day, but yeah, went to Tutties and uh. I've not been in there in years, of in 30s, and yeah, great boozer, good fans, as as, as we as you know, and uh, just spoiled by shit football, I'm afraid, but yeah, good away there.
0: Uh, right, let's touch briefly on the on the diabetic elephant in the room, Scott Allen. Um, a lot of people are understandably perturbed by him not returning to Inverness, but rocking up at Gayfield, what do you make of this? Have you read between the lines? What's he getting paid? Is he training part-time? Why is he there? Why is he not with us?
3: So what he to play part-time football. He's got he's got other media stuff and coaching responsibilities in Glasgow, and I don't think he would relocate up. And I mean, I, I if we could give him the the Cup Broadfoot deal, let him train down in Glasgow, and maybe do a part-time sort of offer, offer I would take him up a second. But yeah, I think it works for them. It I, I don't. He's not a great fit in terms of football. I, I don't think he'll enjoy playing Dick Campbell style of football. But yeah, I think it's just yeah part-time and uh, it suits him.
2: Yeah, I thought one or two of the the kind of responses to him signing there from from our supporters were slightly odd, almost mm. as if our, our the club had somehow been unaware of the fact that he might be available, and they turned and gone. Oh, what Scott Allen was available, and we didn't know. They would have known fine, and they would have known for weeks that there was a very good chance he was there. But they must have made a conscious decision, you know, right? Where we've made our signing, we've signed Dan McKay on loan, and um, we can't hang around on the off chance that we might get Scott Allen. There's also that assumption he would come for us to us. Just because he played for us before, but as Stevie said, our growth in terms of location, in terms of being part time, and so on and so forth, maybe suits him better. So I think I can understand why people would love to have him, and I think if money was no object and he was willing to come, it would be great to have him. But it's it's a slight luxury, especially as he's an injury prone player, and I don't think there's any question that the club had, you know, were somehow caught napping about it.
1: No, I guess it's a bit different from the Dan McKay um transfer, where you know maybe we, maybe the club were or weren't aware, you know, whatever, you know, they obviously moved quickly because there was a, you know, there was an obvious weakness in our team. We didn't have much attacking threat in the wide areas, So getting, you know, as soon as we found out or got confirmation that McKay was available, they moved quickly. Whereas, you know, with Scott Allen, always with the benefit of hindsight, we knew he, you know, definitely would become available and, um, you know, he, he definitely would have come to us. Then, fine. We may not have gone and signed I don't know, like Boyd or or, or or whatever. But you know, the fact is, when when it became really obvious that he was able to, you know, he could be, we could sign him. You know, we have already done our business, so it's not full Manager. We can't just like you know release players on a, you know, on a whim. So um, yeah, it was just you know we had done our business, and that was that. Is he better than the other guys we've got? Yeah, quite possibly, but he wasn't available at the time. That's it.
0: All right, Saturday, thirtieth of July. Cast your minds back. Um, Queen's Park at home. The league begins with a 1-1 draw. This is a good day to die hard because it promised so much but delivered so little. A very, very poor sequel. Um, An early and infinitely stoppable goal and shot from their centre-half, Jack Davidson, uh, for them to take the lead for. Billy McKay equalises with a superb classic Billy strike from the edge of the box after good work from Stephen Boyd. This game, it, it looked like we are a completely, and we touched on this a little bit before, in terms of the um, the absentees. But we really are a completely different side. If we are, don't have Welshie, DZ, Danny Devine, and the big man on our dice is not on it, we we're not on it at all. We look we look quite poor.
1: Yeah, the weird thing was actually the the first kind of maybe five ten minutes of this game. I thought, good grief! Is this really the Queen's? Is this really the side that some people think are going to finish top half and potentially might even get into the playoffs? Because Queen's part were all over the shop, but then, as soon as they got settled into the game, they were very much on top of us, um, and we were the team that maybe just come up from the from uh, League One. Um, yeah, I mean, defensively we looked really poor; we just lacking a bit of organisation. There was a couple of times. obviously their goal came from was it their right back running about what 30, 40 yards unchallenged and and you know smashing one in. And I think something similar happened in the second half as. As well, we just—I don't know—we just seemed a wee bit all over the place. I mean, obviously, it's you know early in the in the season still, but yeah, um, it just seemed to be some of the players only seemed to kind of perform in flashes, like wee bursts and stuff. Um, I thought Roddy, excuse me, I thought Roddy was doing uh, quite well. It's a nice little touch, in the middle of the pitch, but it would have been nicer to see him maybe push further forward as a ten. Uh, I thought th- this was a game actually where Harper actually looked quite good defensively, um, and you know ho- high hopes from this season. Um, but yeah, we just, I don't know. Ridgers kept us in this game. Um, I mean, I feel like we could have won it. We had some really good chances to win it. But equally, you know, Queen's Park had some really good chances to take the three points away as well. Um, so I think we're kind of indebted to Ridgers uh, in this one to keep us in it. And, and you know, we really need to be more clinical with the with our finishing, uh, take some of the chances we get. Because, you know, if we perform like this going forward, then yeah, we're, we, we, we might um, struggle to have much of an impact on
2: this, um, on this uh, league. I thought, I mean, you didn't mention Dan either. I don't think. I think he started this game incredibly strongly. I mean, absolutely had he was, whoever the right back was on their toes several times, you know, and he looked bigger, stronger, more confident yeah. um, the way he was kind of flying forward. And for whatever He's reason, smart. I mean, he wasn't able to sustain that. But I don't remember him starting games as strongly as that previously with us. You know, we saw what he could do. Um, latterly in his first period with us, you know, but the way he was at on it from the off, there, you know, I think if we could if we could supply him a bit better, um, or also not, but and also not relying on him too much, then he could be a real kind of weapon like that. But um, but I think your point about missing Welsh is crucial. I think um. For whatever reason, I don't. Know, I, I think people maybe weren't showing to take the ball off the fullbacks or showing to take the ball off the defenders, and so there were several balls that sort of seemed to be shelled forward pretty hastily. Like we we were keen to get rid of it. I mean, even the goal actually comes from a ball that Stephen Boyd had no right to get. He did incredibly well, I think, to take yeah. that mm-hmm. that high ball from Carson and and um, and and create that chance for for Mackay. Um, but there were several instances of that, and you're thinking. You know, play through the middle. This is Queen's Park. We are not playing against uh, you know some sort of team, a league above us who who are going to you know outwit us or, or outfight us or, or be stronger than us in the middle of the park. And I thought that was frustrating. You know, and I don't know how much that's to do with decision making from the players doing it, and how much has to do with the fact that they didn't have the options in the middle and need to watch it I th- back. I, th-
0: I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of Welsh because. A lot of people will listen to that comment you've made there and go, oh, Welsh doesn't play that many games; he's always injured. But last season, I think there was only two players, Robbie Dee's and one else, one other person that I'd played, but played more league games than Sean Welsh last season. Okay, let's cast our minds back to the League Cup for just a, a couple of moments. Uh, the first time in six years since being in the Championship that we have qualified. Uh, what was different this season from the previous five years?
1: I think, uh,
3: the, way the, I think the way the games lined up. I think it lively early. It's always it's always been the case. We've always had the the so-called biggest team last, haven't we? The likes of Dundee years ago, Hearts for a couple of years. I think the way the, the fixtures favoured us, I know we had issues with the pitch for the concerts, that actually helped us. I think having those two games against Kelty and Levy early doors to get six points on the, on the board really helped. But I think it's getting getting players in early. We spoke about could we sign Scott Allen? I think we got our business done early. We had, we had a settled team from the first game. I mean, if you look at the last few years, we've been signing players into sort of mid-August, chasing players. So, Having having a more stable team and actually giving it a good go this year has been, it's been nice to see.
0: Okay. Well, somebody gave me a, a quick line in each one of these games. Um, Saturday, 23rd of July, COVID home, 1-1 draw. Hell comes to Frogtown as a film with Rowdy Roddy Piper. And it was Rowdy Roddy with a sublime flick header from a Nathan Shaw cross.
3: Breakout season for Roddy this year. Well, yep. like the last two. Uh,
0: Aye. <laughs> it, it needs to be, actually. It needs to be. Yeah. Um, Tuesday 19th, and 19th of July, I'll be in Rovers at home, 4-0-1, Lethal Weapon 4, two from Cammie Harper, Billy McKay with his first this season, and one from Wallace Duffy.
2: Uh, I was quite pleased because I'd made that comment about how if we lose this one, it's going to be one of the worst results of our um, career or our kind of our history. And it looks like a very, very straightforward win. But actually, I mean, I think they, they gave livia a scare, didn't they? They came back from, mm. uh, you know, down to 3-2. I can't remember what their other results were, but I think they did better than people expected. You know, so I was a bit worried that um, we were going to have to come up, you know, we were going to draw one all or something. and They beat Kelty, I'm sure. I'm sure they beat Kelty.
0: This was the Carby free kick, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Screaming.
3: goal was a pitch of a goal as well. If you look at it back, he's, he's done well to take-it. yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: for a defender, but yeah. Okay,
0: Tuesday, 12th of July, Liviaway, 2 one win. I've come here to chew bubblegum, kick ass. I'm all out of bubblegum. Uh, and did they get an ass kicking? This was a great Tuesday night in West London, wasn't it? I don't think that's a phrase many people ever, ever utter.
1: I think Austin Samuels might disagree after the... Um, the uh, knee to the throat he took from the lovey oh. keeper in this game. Oh, yeah,
0: I forgot about that. Yeah. That was an
1: absolutely brutal challenge. But, yeah, th- th- this is a really impressive result. Um, for most of the game, we were we were very much in control. Uh, Danny McKay mentioned at the start, you know, some scintillating skill in the wing. He did well to set up the opening goal um, as well. Uh, Raker of a pass from Scott Allardyce as well. You know, we, we were thoroughly in control of this and deservedly, deservedly so as well. Almost shot ourselves in the foot, though, with this. Daft foul by Oakley and conceding a penalty in the last like couple of minutes or so. But you know, we hung on for the deserved win And I think I think that 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 this was maybe the catalyst for us to really go out and just kind of really stamp our authority on the group for the for the rest of the league, um the League Cup group campaign.
0: And Saturday, 9th of July, Kelty away 1-0-1, the first game of the season. Oakley off the bench with a winner. And did you have a good day here, chaps?
3: <laughs> yeah, it was another good day, actually. Yeah, first day Kiltie and uh can't remember the name of that pub we were in beforehand, but it was really good actually. And uh, yeah, weird little ground the way it's set up, isn't it? The way we go in, and then you go around the back. The players, yeah. I liked it. I think, liked it. Yeah, was, Yeah, bumped into Andy Barrowman and the way the way out, which was um, interesting. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I think it was. It wasn't wasn't a really great spectacle. I thought it was a pretty nervy first game, and uh, I thought it was going to extra time. I couldn't see scoring to be honest, but yeah, big goal from Oakley, obviously, to get three points and on our merry way.
0: Good to see everybody in the new away strips as well.
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah, good It was like a San Siro, was wasn't it, in the pub? Yeah, with all those um, away strips.
0: A beautiful day in the sun with more bromances and sweaty back slapping than the volleyball scene from Top Gun. Okay, this season we're hoping to sit down with a a few different Cali Thistle supporters and talk about your experiences over the years, your favourite memories, away days, players and what the club means to you. But before we do that, we thought we'd chat to the newly relaunched Supporters Trust. What is a Supporters Trust? What does it do? What are its objectives? And what can it do for you as supporters of the football club? Andrew Young spoke to new Trust Chair Jennifer Aitchison.
2: So Supporters Trust has existed for quite a few years, but it feels like a bit of a rebirth at the moment um, with the launch of the new website and the drive to increase membership and try and build the relationship with the club. Um, So could you begin by just outlining what the Supporters Trust is, what its kind of main aims are, just briefly?
4: Well, put quite simply, the Supporters Trust is there to to bridge a gap between the supporters and the club. It's there to be... um, to try and help the supporters gain a voice in the club and get their views across their concerns um, and the good things that they're doing as well. It's, it's there as the kind of the medium um, to collate people's views and also to try and help with anything that they think um, would benefit them um, and the community. So that's, that's primarily what we're about um, is, is being that kind of that, that middle ground to try and, um, for people to come to and voice their opinions if if they're not getting, if they're not able to go to the club or um, they feel more comfortable coming to us and get their voices heard.
2: Yeah, so when we spoke to Scott Gardner back in July, he said, in other clubs, the supporters trust is a huge voice, in ours it's not, there were some good people involved, but there was no membership, no engagement, so we just stopped trying to talk to them because it didn't exist. So... Obviously, I'm interested in how you felt when you heard that. I mean, was it was it fair at all? Did it help to galvanise you, or did you think it wasn't really representative? And did you feel it might be an excuse for not for him not engaging?
4: It's a fair comment to say that we don't have a huge membership. That that is absolutely fair, um, and that's obviously one of the key drivers we've got. So we're kind of in a chicken and egg situation because he doesn't want to engage with us because we haven't got enough of a membership, but we need the club to help us to gain that membership as well. We can we can go out there. We can do. Um, as much as we possibly can um, but with their back backing that obviously helps so to have those constructive meetings um, shows that we are we have the ear of the club that we can put things forward we're listened to um, but without that circle of feedback uh, things can kind of stall and people see us as not representative yeah. so therefore we don't build our membership
2: yes of course uh, I mean they had did release that statement obviously recently saying that they supported the trust membership drive so is that a sign that communication and relations between the club and the board are already you know better or, or sort of building now
4: building I would absolutely say building um I think that statement was was really good it's a really good um way that they worded it as well in that it's hopefully shows people out there you know that we are we are here for them you know we want to be um we want to be fundraising for things that you know people are interested in um that will hopefully um cover the whole demographic you know not just one area or you know a little a little project there hopefully we can do things you know big things going forward that that's the aim
2: one supporting Cali office online who seemed to be kind of you know I don't kind of maybe looking for problems to some extent, but you can have said, well, oh, the trust doesn't have a voice and it's just it's just content to do the chief executive's bidding and, and act as fundraisers for the club's pet projects. So how do you respond to that?
4: Um everybody's entitled to their opinion, absolutely. Uh, without constructive criticism like that, we can't get um, feedback, you know, and we can't ensure that we're covering everybody's opinions. It was really interesting. Um that that thread as well, because I think there was a comment along it, um, along the lines of, um, I'll come along to something when I'm interested in it. That mm-hmm. That's fantastic, but please tell us what you're interested in. Yeah. Because, you know, we don't have crystal balls. We we might put on things and people think, you know, that's rubbish, I'll never go to that. That's, that's fine, but tell us what you would like. You know, tell us what you'd be interested in, and we can do those things for people. But unfortunately, if people don't come forward and, you know, express opinions and, and argue with things that, you know, we're doing... Um, then, you know, we'll just keep going down the same route. But getting some constructive feedback like that is great because it does make you look and think, OK, so what else can we do? In addition to the club, we're trying to, uh, we're also engaging with the community trust as well um, to look at what projects they're being involved in. I mean, the club actually mentioned a while back the roof for the um, for the stand. Um, and that was through the fans focus group, but that kind of faded into the, the distance Um, and you know we're absolutely interested in that um, improving the facilities for um, disabled people you know all of that kind of scenario we're really really interested in but what we need to make sure is that we have the right information at the very start of that to do it you know we don't just kind of rush in and do it you know start fundraising for it we need to make sure we've got um, we engage with people that are affected directly um, to make sure we're, we're accommodating their views um and getting some, you know, some clear timelines, some clear costings, you know, and doing things properly, as opposed to, you know, we want to put something on here, let's just go in, raise a couple of thousand pounds and get something up. We want to make it sure that it's it's fit for purpose and everybody wants it. Because one of the things we are um, going to be doing in the next couple of months is a a fan survey. We've already started it, so we're really keen to get people's opinions on, um, you know, their matchday experience you know, if they're traveling up like yourselves or if it's people that live in the in the local area and also the people that don't come to the matches anymore. You know, why aren't they coming to these matches? Yes. Um, and one of the things that we're, we're pushing for um, as well, and we're doing a little bit of work with Supporters Direct, they're setting up a committee, well, a working group as such to look at, um, and we know we can't do it for this season, but the removal of the online um, games that obviously you've had during COVID as part of your season tickets, but they've taken that away this year. And so there's sports director setting up a a working group. We've kind of pushed for that um, and to be involved within that. So we can look at it for next season and hopefully get something um, moving on that because you have people that can't come to matches for their own own circumstances. People don't want to, they're still not comfortable with COVID. And then you've got people in in America, we're building some um, really good relationships in America at the moment, America, Canada, And they obviously can't come to the matches, but they'd quite happily buy a season ticket if it meant they could watch the games.
2: Talking, it's still talking about kind of projects. Just briefly, one thing that I I kind of noticed is that your interest, you're involved in Highland football memories, and obviously you did the Ian Broadfoot book, the milestones memories, which I thought was really nice. Um, The one thing about that is, although those are things I'm personally interested in, some supporters might say, "Well, we want the fundraising and the energy of the trust to go directly into things like." The match day experience and the, the immediate issues around the club rather than nostalgia. So, I mean, how do you respond to that? You know, is there a danger that any projects like that would divert funds, or are they all sort of entirely sort of voluntary anyway?
4: Um, I don't think it would divert funds because the idea is that um, in the recent newsletter that we put out, we're looking for a fundraising committee. So that committee, well, it's a working group as such, it's not a committee. Um, so they can, you know, pull together the all the different ideas from across um, the supporters and then decide which ones are best on their merit. You know, so it w- wouldn't be a case of we focus on that or that. But if we only have one thing come to us then that will obviously be the the focus of the, the fundraising to be able to do that yeah. um, but hopefully w- what we'll get is we'll get a wide array of things that people mm-hmm. will want um and therefore we can look at different different projects and not just focus on one because when you have you know yourself when you've got a group of projects you'll have them at different stages yeah so you'll have ones that are you know in progress your ones that you're planning and ones that you're kind of finishing off so there's some some really good um feedback that we've had i mean even down to kind of safe standing that's kind of reared its head again it was something that we did look at a couple of years back and obviously safe standing has kind of um developed you know over time um to you know w- what they have now which is, is much more advanced than what it was you know four or five s- six years ago um when they started looking at it but all of these would need um you know people to buy into them and the club to kind of say, yeah, you know what, we're, we're interested in that. The
2: club and the community, you know, the wider Inverness community and the business community, the relationship there doesn't always seem to be as good and as sort of, um, I, I don't know, reciprocals it could be. So is that one thing that sports club, the sports trust, sorry, either are already doing or can do, can they actually go to kind of local business and try and get them, you know, you, fundraise from them and try and get back them involved yeah
4: well we we're actually in the process of um looking to kind of interact with lo- local businesses and not just not just in Inverness but kind of the wider areas as well you know like um when people come up to stage people come up to Inverness for for a couple of days sometimes they don't just come up for a day so you know what's outside the area to do um and you know work in the where can they stay where our local businesses, which are, you know, hotels and also, you know, smaller little um, things like all these camping pods and things that are now, you know, out and about. So we have we actually started. Um, we've started the ball rolling with some businesses already. So we're kind of looking at that as a long term thing um, for, you know, for various things, for your fundraising, for for supporters um, and obviously to get to get their kind of feedback on what they think about um what more they can do for the club as well um and for the supporters and how they see it so it's kind of like a, a two-way conversation going forward
2: right good no that, that's essentially good um so going back to the idea of the the trust representing the kind of the, the support as a whole you've obviously got um T- section 94 say for example who um were kind of founded by the club's younger supporters and they've already kind of established that quite strong identity and engaged the club's interest and already have a direct line to Scott Gardner and the club. Um, the thing about that is, though, that it might look like the support sort of atomised or fragmented. They might kind of see Section 94 as their voice. They might see the supporters trust as a vehicle for the older supporters. So is there anything that you can either say or do to try and change that? I mean, for example, are you, you know, I know you're trying to get people onto the trust board, so would you like to get someone from Section 94 of that demographic onto the trust board?
4: it would be perfect if they would come and be interested. We've, we invited them along um, to the open meeting, but I know a lot of them were on holiday, so it wasn't an ideal time for them. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an area that we absolutely want to engage, obviously, with the the whole roof on the, the stand that they actually are in. They have to be the people that are, are consulted and spoken to. And I think they're a really dynamic um, group of individuals that, you know, away games, home games, they, you know, they cover the lot and obviously they'll be or there already are, um, the younger generation than them coming into it as well um, and, you know, joining them and engaging with them too. So it's absolutely key that we, we get their views and we get their voices heard as well. And having one of them or more of them on the board would, would be great. But the, what we'd also like is, you know, um, almost like a, a working group of um, people that are focused on, the, you know, the younger generation and getting things for them as well um without fragmenting um like yeah. you say fragmenting the fundraising and things like that yeah. and taking those focus away from it um but we absolutely um want to engage them we've already kind of started the ball rolling with that but hopefully going forward that relationship will build Good.
2: yeah i mean do you ever worry i'm sure you do that the difficulty in getting people at joint supporters trust might actually just be a reflection of either a sort of natural reserve among people in inverness or possibly an apathy i mean you know we you know, we didn't really grow the support in the back of finishing third in the league and Europe and the Scottish Cup win. You know,
4: you know, just if we don't if we don't promote things like this, you know, get outside our comfort zones, um, then how can we expect people to to join us and and come along and and actually participate? Because some people like to just you know go to the football, go go there, enjoy the game, and go home. Yeah. yeah. The, thought, the thought of you know on top of their day job. Um doing some fundraising and things like that is probably the last thing people want to even consider. Um, but i would I would absolutely encourage people. It's really, really rewarding to do it. Um, it does take up some time, but the more people that we have, obviously the less time it will take up. When you've only got um, four or five people on the board, it, it can be quite time consuming. Um, but the more and more people that can join, the bigger the voices. And the more things we can change and influence. Yeah.
2: yeah, um, I think one of your your goals for the year is to try and do, double the membership year on year. I mean, realistically, do you think that is going to happen by December?
4: I'm going to do absolutely everything we possibly can to get it. So, I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes because I'm a really really hopeful individual
2: <laughs> the Supports Trust got shares I think, with enhanced voting rights and that means that it's actually its voting right um, is anything between 10 and twelve and a half percent I've read can you explain what what does that actually mean in practice how important is that and also is it I mean I assume it's not affected by the size of the membership in any way can't, you know you've got that so say it's, it's, but what does it sort of um, what does it mean in practice um
4: in practice well first of all it's not affected by the member the membership at all. Obviously, what we don't want to do is get to a point where um, the trust is no longer viable um, and loses those, that that voting right and the influence that you have. And basically what you have got there is you've got that um, kind of say if there was something important happening at the club and um, you, you would like to think that we wouldn't need to use that vote against something. You would... Um, You would like to think that it would be, you know, a very mature conversation. If it's something that the sports are really not happy about that's happening, that you could have that mature conversation and understand where to go next. But if it did come to that um, vote influence, we do have that opportunity in there to be able to put that in um, and and make the voices heard. But like I say, you'd like to think you don't have to use it, but it's there as that backup for the supporters. Scott
2: Garner kind of said that he was sceptical, he, he wasn't sure if the trust would ever kind of grow enough to carry real influence or be properly representative. Um, do you think there's more that he and the board could be doing, you know, even before the trust get involved, they could be doing to sort of publicise the club, grow the support, improve the match day experience that they could do now? The,
4: the biggest thing is about the disconnect, you know, the really, really basic things that aren't being done um, despite being promised. Um, so, you know, the um, the whole fans focus group, how yeah. that kind of disappeared, you know, it kind of started and it was promised that, um, you know, minutes would go out, it would continue, and it kind of stopped. So yeah. that engagement yeah. fell by the wayside. I think people felt that that, was, um, that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. If going forward, obviously, that's what the supporters trust wants to be. It wants to be the kind of the voice there, the kind of, you know, the middle the middle ground on that. In that respect. Um, the other comments that were kind of made were around um, communication from the club to um, season ticket holders um, and there seemed to have been a lack of it and things like the uh, match day programme, you know, little things like that. Obviously we don't have the paper ones anymore last seasons, we had the uh, electronic ones um, and now they've gone as well. Yeah. You know, it just seems like some of the kind of things that you get at other clubs, yeah. don't seem to exist for us um, and there seems to be an awful lot of, if I think it would be really helpful if some of these were listened to yeah. and kind of dealt with you know like there's some really really quick fixes that could be done yep. um, that if, if they were listened to and done I think support, the supporters would feel you know what people are listening to us mm. um, things are happening and feel more engaged I, I can't emphasize it enough if you want your voices to be heard join the trust we're there for the supporters. Um, we're not there for our own purposes. We're not there um, to do the club's bidding, but we're there to be the voice of the supporters. So if you want to be heard, please, please join the Trust.
0: OK, the club put out a statement saying they hope to see the Trust play a key role in enhancing the match day experience of fans. Um, but before they do that, they got to drive membership. Um, do you think that's possible? You talked about... Um, apathy amongst the support? Do you think it is possible to drive the membership up?
2: I think it is if they're listening carefully to what um, Jennifer's saying uh, and and what the supporters trust is actually about and it's the aims are. One one thing's right, a, a couple of things I worry about, I did talk about apathy, I speculated about that. I wasn't saying our supporters are apathetic, but I did say, is this an issue? Some of the things that people might worry about would be, am I going to be asked to keep putting my hand in my pocket and the answer to that, I think, would probably be no. You know, you pay your Fiverr and fundraising actually after that can be a lot of other sources. As Jennifer talked about, it could be businesses and stuff like that. It can be a lot of other sources. It's not that um, this Fiverr is going to be the first um, kind of like pay- down payment and then I have to kind of keep, um, you know, putting money in some sort of collection. bowl. So I think people are maybe worried about that. I think they're possibly worried that they're going to be asked to somehow, I don't know, be given a shovel and told to dig ditches and, and have to be kind of like activists. Some people think I've got too much on my plate to do that. And I don't think that's the case either. Um, So if people kind of understand that, then they kind of go, well, if it's really just a case of paying my fiver and being one more number that says, mm-hmm. right, our support is just rather than being several hundred, it's now a couple of thousand, and that gives us far more credibility, then they might do that. And then one other thing I think is that I think there has been in the past a little bit of suspicion that the supporters trust only represents a particular demographic or a small group of friends or something like that. And as Jennifer made clear, Jen made clear in the interview, she's actually, they really would welcome younger people, people from different backgrounds, people that aren't necessarily known to them in the past or kind of friends, if there's anything like that, to get on the board. They want to broaden it. It's just, that I think, there are maybe some preconceptions that aren't um, aren't actually the case.
0: Well, if you, if you pay your fiver and... You know, you join the Supporters Trust, and you're somebody that you know likes to moan about, you know, the fan experience because that's what we're talking about—the fan experience. Surely they surely, in paying that fiver, you then actually have a say in the fan experience. You can then bring ideas to the table, and yeah. then th- then those will get taken to the club, and they could possibly get acted on. So, if there's something that's been pissing you off for years, surely you should join, and then go right. Let's actually let's get some action going uh, around this
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely the case. I mean, at the same time, I would say that. Um, People who don't actually join, their voices should still be heard. And I imagine the supporters just like anyone else, like us when we're doing this or anyone else, will be kind of listening to what people are saying online or whatever um, and 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 trying to raise that and, and looking for that. Is or, or looking at those sources as things they can deal with. I think,
1: I think that's a reasonable point, like, I mean, if, uh, to almost ensure your voice is heard because um, unfortunately, you know, for all the goodwill that there is at the club at times, there are frequent reports of people trying to engage with the club, writing to them, emailing yeah. them or whatever, and, and not really getting a response from them. Um, although I guess the counter to that is why should there almost be like a um, almost like a member? You know, why should you have to become a member of something just to get a response from the club? Um, but I suppose, you know, I, I guess it's one way to ensure that your voice will, is more likely to be heard. Um, so obviously there are things that people are passionate about yeah, they they may kind of think, well, why do I need to pay a fiver or whatever it is to 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 ensure that I get a response from the club? I I guess you know I can I can sympathise with that, but if they do do that, then I would say you know gives them it, it makes their voice more powerful, especially as a kind of a collective with other Inverness fans as well.
3: They just hold uh, a sizable amount of shares in the club as well, don't they? And if they don't keep the sports trust going, they lose the shares. That's another
2: driving force behind it as well, isn't it? Yeah, actually, that's a very good point. If the Sports Trust was no longer viable as a body, then it would lose the shares. You know, yeah. and I don't know what exactly defines non-viable, but, you know, I suppose they have to have a quodate board or whatever, I don't, and I don't know in terms of the size of the membership, what it, what it is. But yeah, and I suppose to make, to make that vote sort of credible, you know, mm. um, I don't know whether the club could legally challenge and say, right, they've only got its number of em- members, it's no longer viable, you know, if they wanted to do that. And I don't know what exactly would happen to those shares, but it's certainly the case that it does have to be a a viable organisation. I suppose, go back to one thing that, that I've said there about um, about why people say they have to be a member of something and I, I sort of agree with that in principle but I suppose one thing we can say is that nearly all clubs have them now. They're kind of part of modern football. you know, So if we're going to have one we might as well have a decent one and and I don't mean decent in terms of the people involved I think Jen is a really admirable character who's working really hard but decent in terms of the size of it. Okay, uh,
0: well Thanks to, to everybody who's involved in the Trust at the moment and everyone who's involved in organising the meetings and, and the time that it obviously is going to take out of your, of your own time. And thanks to Jennifer for taking the time to speak to us. And if anyone wants to join the Trust, they should visit www.ictsupporterstrust.org. Annual membership is just £5 for adults and £1 for under-16s. So how are you going to link that back to Action Films, Moth?
3: So how are you going to link that back
0: to a- Action Films, Moth? Don't worry. I'm Batman.
5: And now,
1: folks, it's time for who do you trust? Hubba Hubba Hubba. money money money,
4: who do you trust? Trust. Who do ya trust? What makes you a real a trust? put this question to you, Uncle Rubber Bumpers. You got no
3: soul, Rubber Bumpers.
0: And now for a quick feature we're calling Fast and Furious 6. This is our sixth attempt to get out of the championship, and so far it's been all action. Some of it good, some of it not so good. Uh, but what are your top Cali Thistle or Scottish football characters, teams, or players as action films? Let's find out. We don't need hero. We don't Die Joe
2: we don't Hardy. Well, I could laugh, sorry, that good. <laughs>
0: Hey, he's kicked over a good one cheers
2: Sean in 60
0: seconds is that was that Sean Welsh's injuries what's, what's he's gone, 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 in, gone in 60 seconds
2: Sean yeah. in 60 seconds
0: well but I've done this before in the intro but a different one Triple X as in Michael Gardine
2: oh <laughs> heartbreak Regers
0: Resident Evil Uncle Roy Solo Charlie Christie.
2: Again, I'm just going for puns here, but the last one I got, I I probably like this. It's not an action film, but. um, (laughs) The Shaw shanked deflection. Not bad. That's alright. That's genuine.
4: Who's that in reference to? Ethan Shaw?
0: Alright, okay, sorry.
2: Fucking hell.
0: Not familiar with our new players yet. Uh, Captain Marvel, Graham Shinney, can't beat that. Or Butter, back in the day, Terminator 2, Darren Dodds. Or uh, my personal favourite, where Robert Eagles dare. Very good. (laughs) One for Stevie here. Mitch Curry in Red Heat.
3: This is Sparta, Prague. What
0: about Wall Ace Ventura Duffy?
3: (laughs) Jesus.
0: I mean, most boys wouldn't know who this is. The Crow with Bruce McCraw.
3: Jeez, man. Michael Garda and say hello to my little friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had one for that. I had to say hello to my little friend. that was Deezy introducing Stephen Boyd to the ladies and Johnny Fox.
3: <laughs> oh. Danny Glover and Lisa Weapon for um, Cut Broadfoot. I'm too old for this shit.
0: More of that later. <laughs> any more for any more? Last one then. Uh, bad Mouton Boys. <laughs> Okay, he's 55 years old and he's still doing it. It's not Tom Cruise, it's Billy Mackay. Okay, now on to our player, one of two player interviews for this pod. It's uh, Danny Mackay. Done.
5: Done. 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 Dem. Dun. Done. 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 no, he's not seeing me. I'll go later.
0: That was uh, Billy Dodds trying to get Danny McKay's attention last season, but he was on the other side of the car park with Derek McInnes. Uh, but now he's back, the wonder kint, and he's better than ever. Stevie grabbed him for a chat.
3: We'll talk about the present and the future, if you know what I mean. So let's go back to, God, it seems like, it seemed like years ago when, when you left to go to house. But just want to talk about that spell. I mean, you, as purple patches go, I mean, it was probably the best, run that we've had as a player in many years basically you, you were out in the cold, came back in, finished like a, a tornado how did you find coming back in, what under well let's talk about Neil McCann and Dodgley first coming in with those guys and that finished your, your first bill at the club
6: Yeah obviously it was a uh, great what they done for me and obviously gave me the confidence and basically said to me that you'll play but at the time when they came in I hadn't been playing, I was in and out and then we were playing Hearts on the TV and he said it's tough to drop you but I'm going to do it And I thought to myself, oh, here we go again, not getting a chance, but kept plugging away, kept plugging away. And then we played Wraith on the Friday night a few weeks later. And I said, that's when everything seemed to change. I said, it helped. Him and Dodgy coming in helped. Obviously, it gave me confidence and believed and seen what I thought I had ability wise. And they were able to get the best out of me. And then once that happened and then got a goal, I said, everything just seemed to kind of flow from there. And then obviously the Derby and that obviously helped, and then confidence was just put in, and then the team were playing well, which makes a difference as an attacking player. If a team's playing well, then obviously you get more chances, you get more of the ball. But it says when you're going through the rough patches, it's sometimes difficult as a white player to get on the ball or to get opportunities. But everything just seems to have in that last few months, and obviously it was a very good spell for myself, and it was a uh, got the move to Hibs on top of it.
3: So I mean, I think all players are probably right, Dan, and You can correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously confidence. I mean, just think it's having someone that has belief in you, is that a major thing? I mean, you've got the ability and stuff, but just having a manager or a coach to say, look, we know what you can do, here's the tools, go and do it.
6: Yeah, it was literally just simplified my game and said, as long as you do your defence work, I don't care what you do up front. It's if you give the ball away, you give the ball away, you run it out of the park, you run it out of the park. It's just the nature of how I play. I said, oh, sometimes have good games, sometimes be shit. But it's just the way things are. And they just gave me that confidence. No matter what I'd done going forward, they always believed in, I would get one chance, or I would create one opportunity for the team. As long as I done my defensive work, now it's the same under the gaffer. Now, he says to me, he says, as long as you do your defensive work, I don't care if you give the ball away eight yards up the park. He said we can recover, but he said if you don't do your defensive shift, you're no good for me. And that's a fair enough point for any attacker.
3: First, probably moved away from home as well. Obviously down to Edinburgh at the Big Smoke and uh, playing for a team of that stature. How did uh, how did you find that initially?
6: Yeah, it was obviously delighted. I said what also helped me was their season was still going on because of uh, the Scottish Cup final. I said they had the 27th of May or something, they finished. So I got to go in for two weeks after the season had finished and got to train with them, get used to the surroundings, used to where I was going to be staying. So that helped me ease in quite well. And obviously with playing well at the end of last year, with confidence, I said I trained really well. I was able to settle in and show the boys what I was capable of. And then pre-season happened, done well in pre-season. And then the league started and the boys were flying, and I couldn't get in. So it was just the nature of the game. It says the boys done well last year, and then they started the season really well, and that's when I was fit. And then obviously got injured around October time, and then the boys weren't playing well. I says maybe that's when I would have, might have got an opportunity when results weren't going our way. I got injury, then I got COVID when I was injured, wow. just about to come back and start running again. And then by then, as I was coming back, they, results still weren't going great and then Jack Ross got sacked so then that was another change just, I hardly had any changes when I was in mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the manager gets sacked who's brought you in and you haven't been playing and then Sean comes in hasn't ever seen me play because obviously he's been away with Belgium and, and stuff it was just lo- it's just I was in the wrong place at the wrong time so if the timings were just off last year with things and that's kind of how it petered out and then obviously the loan move to Kwanek happened and then and so on so no it was a I really enjoyed. still really enjoy it. Like It's really good to be playing with top players all the time and the training facilities they've got and then people I stay with in Edinburgh. It's brilliant. I started, That side of things, has been really good, but the football inside has obviously been disappointing not to play. So it's difficult in that way. I've not been able to prove myself, but I'm hoping when this alone move back up here, I can show people how good of a player I am. No, definitely.
3: And you can go a great start, but just touching on the training facilities. Always, you always see the likes of Lennox Townbury Park spoken about, but Hibs is... Uh, facilities are up there with the best
6: of them, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. We've got five grass pitches, we've got one Astro. we've got a gym, we've got a hydro pool, we've got it all. It's um, a very good set-up at Hibs and it's kept up, it's kept really well. It's Everyone's to a high standard, you eat your lunch, your breakfast, you get everyone there for you, your nutritionist and stuff. It's a top, top club and it runs like a well-oiled machine with great people that are around the club and always want to help you and stuff. So no, it's filled with good people and a great place to learn your trades. Brilliant.
3: And, uh, so yeah, we moved to Kilmarnock and uh yeah, I think it, it probably well documented the club spoke about it. We were close to get you back in January. Um how close were you moving back? I mean, what was it was it last minute? I know you were injured and stuff and you were getting that fixed, and then you were coming back, and then all of a sudden Kilmarnock came in. Was it out of the blue or was it were they in the background as an option?
6: There was a lot of options in January. I'm not gonna say who or what, but a lot of right. options in January, and obviously MNS was an option. I so said then. then Kilmarnock and the NMNS were the two main ones that put in an offer. And I just thought at the time, I thought it'd be the easy option to go back up the road six months after coming back and thought maybe Kilmarnock could be used as a good stepping stone and hopefully get myself back up there. So obviously things didn't work out the way they were, but I said at the time I thought it was the right decision. And In a case it was, in other cases for myself it wasn't a good low move at the time, but I did learn good things at Kilmarnock, don't have a bad word to say, but I said to for my development, it didn't work out the way I hoped it would.
3: Obviously, January, we played down at Rugby Park. You you came, Cammy Harper, put it on a plate for Lafferty, scored the only goal of a 1-0 win. How, how good was it playing against someone on I mean, I know you've been away, what, that's probably about seven, eight months, but still pretty soon after you've left the club. How weird was it to line up against your, uh, your friends and your former teammates?
6: Yeah, it was weird. It wasn't really something I thought would happen as quickly as it did. And then, obviously, it happened and... On the day it worked out well for myself, I said, but it was a weird experience. It wasn't really something that was enjoyable. Like the build-up wasn't enjoyable to it and people talking about, oh, you're playing against your mates and stuff. But I said, in a way, it was a bit like a training thing. I've trained with them for years. Know them, they know me. I said, it could have worked out either way. I said, I could add a stinker because they know exactly how I'm playing. So luckily that day it worked out well. But no, it was a weird experience. But I said, also at the time, I think both of the clubs were struggling for form. So it was an important one. Winf- for Kamaric that day and I said obviously it was a, a weird experience but uh, hopefully it doesn't happen too often
3: Obviously you went to league with Kamaric and obviously this, that's where we want to be this season obviously winning the league challenges the league wherever we are but is that going to hold you in good stead obviously playing for a team that's competing for a championship right to the final game and obviously winning it is that something in terms of experience is that something you've taken away from just sitting there?
6: Not playing around it but being in and around it, the squads and knowing exactly what it would take and having more experienced boys like Chris Burke and Rory McKenzie and obviously Laffrey, Ash Taylor, experienced boys like that that have played at the top and know what it takes. So it's all about mentality and hopefully and we're up there and hopefully I can use that experience to help the boys this year. I said obviously we've got good experienced boys here that have played at the top as well so hopefully it can be a good mix between us all and hopefully with losing out just by an arrows version last year I said hopefully it can put everyone in a good stead and hopefully with have the right mentality together.
3: Definitely. So you, you might have some, um, well, a winner's medal in your pocket. Then there's another manager. another More change of Hibs. So Gary, yeah, I think Gary. Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson. Uh, isn't it? So Lee's in. And um, yeah, are, are you giving a fair traffic right away or is it a case of maybe he's got his own ideas because when a new manager comes in, he's going to have his own players, isn't he? And wants to bring Alex like, and and stuff like that.
6: Yeah, definitely. It was a discussion he phoned me quite quickly to be fair like the season had obviously finished and he got announced like maybe mid-May mm-hmm. and then I was on holiday and he said he would phone me after my holiday so he spoke to me and just said basically that you've not played games in about a year and he said that's not what I'm needing because I need to go in there flying because of how poor Hibs were last year he needs to get off to a good start mm-hmm. and obviously me not playing for nearly a year like regularly he said it was hard for him to go and just say like there's your chance and everything. he just said I'll be bringing in my own boys and they'll be getting a chance before you do. So, in the way I kind of knew where the way that it was going, that I'd probably have to go out on loan or stay in the development squad, which I didn't want to do. I've played nearly 100 first team games. The last thing I need to do is go and play in a development squad where you're playing against boys your same age. I'd rather go out and get another 40, 40 plus games under my belt. And then it looks better on my CV as well. And I said, hopefully, when it was in the talks of happening with a loan move, I said it had to be the right one this time because of obviously what happened with Kamarnick. Was not playing, I said I had to make sure it was the right one and I had options again this summer, but I felt, speaking to the gaffer, I just thought, not just coming home, it wasn't anything to do with that or homesick or anything like that. It was, I wanted to play football again, I wanted to enjoy my football again and wanted to play well again and get back to the heights I was at when I got the move to Hibs and be able to go back there as good as a player or if better and be able to prove myself next year there. That's the ultimate goal at the end of the day. I wanted to play for Hibs. I think it's
3: a big, it's a big season for you, a big season for the club, I think. Mm-hmm. have you got oh, aspirations to win the league but have you got aspirations to maybe maybe these are the wrong words but proof have wrong or say like, this is what I'm about you know maybe not prove them wrong but just maybe, basically open their eyes and say look this is this is the what you've got under your noses use me
6: yeah exactly that's basically what this little move is it's to show why they bought me a year ago and why I was talked about like I was a year ago and to show them that maybe they are best something like me and their team or that I can provide something different to the team that's the ultimate goal it's and the other side of things is for me to prove to Hibs, again, that I am good enough to play for them and show the support, show everyone when we've got games on the TV that I'm a standout player because that's what I need to... I'm at a premiership club at the end of the day and I need to show that I should be playing there with my performances at Inverness And then hopefully that leads to good results in the park for the team and also... Good results for myself on the park scoring goals the system or just playing well in general. I said that's what I need to get back to and do on a consistent basis.
3: And you've got a camera against Kelton which is good to see you on, but let's sort of levy game because you were my man of the match. I thought you were dynamite yourself and spot least for two standouts for me. I mean you seem to be more direct you always a direct player, but I mean is 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 that maybe with confidence of playing at higher level, maybe training with because you look like you've got an extra yard in your in your game at the moment.
6: Yeah, I think it's the work that Hibs have done with me. I said it when I spoke to you in the the pre-match before the Levy game I said I've done a lot of work since I went down there I said I went down there and they said I was too skinny and I never really would have thought that before when I was up here I thought it was reasonably decent Nick and then I said I went up there and got told you need to put on muscle you need to do this you need to do that so a lot of the first few months at was I was battering myself in the gym I was learning the ways to improve myself and get quicker I said I've always wanted to be I've always been quick but I said to get an extra few yards I said it's important and it helps you in scenarios and get stronger I said I didn't realise how much maybe doing upper body stuff would help me. And I said, it's obviously helped and it's showing in the pitch at the moment. I says that I feel stronger, I feel fitter than I was when I was playing regularly a year and a half ago and stuff. So no, it's, they've made a real difference to me in the offside of football things. And it's obviously helped now now when I'm playing regularly.
3: also the team, there's a lot of boys here that were there when you were there. But it's quite, a, quite a few changes though, considering it's has been about two seasons. Um, how do you find those new boys that come in? We obviously, you know, you know, Cammy. I think you said to me in the press, you've been playing with Cammy since you are 10 years old, so that's, that's a given behind you. But how's some of the other boys that have come in adapted to your style of play and how have you adapted to theirs? Yeah,
6: it's obviously different. There's a few boys come in, like Scott Boyd, Nathan Shaw. You've got the two defenders, Max, who's fortunately been injured, but you've had Zach come in, who's a young lad as well. Mm. So I'm probably missing someone, but they've been great. I said it's been an easy change room, always has been to come into. And then they've kind of just seem like they've been there forever kind of thing because Zach obviously hangs around with us young boys and stuff and he's a great lad, great Irish lad and then you've got Max who's a good lad as well We've obviously not seen too much of him because they've been injured and stuff but then you've got wee, wee boy. he's a great wee lad and then you've got Nathan as well who's starting to come out of shell and is a good player as well so the gaffers recruited really well and it's good lads he's brought in it's not changed the, even from when I was there. it's not changed the dynamics of the change room or anything like that so no, it's been really good and I said hopefully... So we've gone by a wee bit a bigger squad this year with a lot of positions being able to be covered and boys can play in different positions. So now it's um, good in that way. And I said, they're obviously good players as well. I said, it's just, if anyone dips out of form, we know we've got options to change it.
3: I think you, you probably noticed this when you watched the team last season, it's the boys in section 84. I think some of the boys you may have went to school with, well, if uh, I know some of the boys. But how, um, how impressed would you be with those boys? Because the atmosphere at the stadium seems to certainly like a lot a lot better since what two seasons ago when you were there. So. Yeah,
6: definitely. I said, obviously, with the COVID and stuff, everything changed and it probably gave people another lease of life in football and probably made people realise how much football can be a part of their life and how much they actually do like it. And obviously, you've got a younger generation coming through. I said, I think even when we were in the play in the last time, boys were trying to get something going, but maybe didn't get the backing from the club. And then obviously, Rob will going up the stairs and speaking to Scott. And then I think the communication with fans has become a lot better. You've probably noticed it yourself. I said, it makes a huge difference to a community club like us where you need people like that in the club to drive stuff forward, fans to drive stuff. And you also need people that are up the stairs to drive that. And I said, obviously it's great that the club have allowed them to be in that West stand or whatever it might be. But as as long as it stays there, I said, it's really good for the club. I said, it makes such a difference to the boys. I said, it becomes a wee confidence builder or see if you're behind in a game or you're drawing a game. I said, it can really spur you on and just a wee bit of encouragement. I says, but then obviously in the, playoffs i said i was at the majority of the games i said i was hiding in plain sight but i said i was there so i said you could see the atmosphere and how much the fans cared and how much they wanted the boys to do well and understood playing six games in three weeks is an unbelievable task to do but i said without the fans i don't think the boys would have got through it as well as they done i said it makes such a difference i don't think some fans realize it but it does make such a difference it makes a difference to a club that maybe gets two thousand a game i said it can Make it feel like there's four or five at a game just by having a louder support. And I said, as long as that continues and we do well, and reward the fans, I said, you can get more boys in or younger boys in that want to do it and stuff. You just need to have that constant cycle of people coming in.
0: Okay, Danny, uh, taking time to speak to you, Steve. He said, he said he wants to play for Hibbs, which is a strange thing to hear um, from a, a player that's going to be turning out for us for the whole season. But you know, he's well aware of his career progression. He's well aware of his CV that he mentions. He's been an honest. He's been as honest as possible, and he wants to play as well as possible. And hopefully, we can get the benefits of that.
3: No, I like to hear that he's, he sees a future at Hibs and stuff. I know we obviously would like him to stay here longer, but it shows he's still he's, he's still confident in his ability. He says he's got he's got a point to prove, and I think I think he's right. I mean, I said earlier on when we we're talking about the highlights of the the season so far, I thought obviously he looks a far bigger player. Obviously, he's he's been in Germany. He's, he's been beasting it in there because he's uh he's a lot more muscle mass. He looks a stronger guy. He, he he talks more confidently as well. He's obviously grown up a little bit, moving down to Edinburgh. And I like how he liked to say that he's he wasn't moving back home, because he was just like it's easy to move back from. He was homesick and like that. He's he's back. He wants to play football and he wants to play football the right way. And yeah, he's yeah he'll be he'll be he'll be a good coup for us this season. But yeah, speaks really well and I like that that he thinks he can go back to Hibs and and possibly to disrupt their standard
0: living. Is, is this an all-round better player we're getting back, guys? And have we seen that already, that he's a better player? So I know you, you're waxing lyrical about a couple of his performances. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think, I mean, I mean in fairness, he's, he's maybe not quite set the Heather light like the last couple of games, but certainly early season form was very encouraging. Um, you know, and it's an area of the pitch that we needed reinforcements in. So, you know, we definitely needed someone like him in. And it was a no-brainer. I think as soon as the, the, the stories were breaking that... Um, uh, Wraith Rovers, I think it was, were after him. Then I guess that probably got um, got us going, you know, like quickly to try and make a move and try and you know seal the kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have no issue with like you know coming back and saying, yeah, you know, I don't, you know, obviously don't see my long term future here. You know, I want to do something at Hibs. Um, you know, you know, that's why he signed for Hibs in the first place, isn't it? No yeah. reason why maybe at the end of this season, uh, starting next season, he couldn't be knocking on the door uh, on of the um, first eleven at Hibs.
0: And Stevie, he mentions um, the young boys here, Section ninety four, and you know, generally in what the second half of a game, he'll be playing on that left wing. And I, when I used to, we used to stand on that side of the ground. I remember watching Barry Wilson scampering yeah. up and down. There was no other, there was no other better sight in a second half of a game. So you know, they'll be in for a treat. Uh, when we're looking to kill teams in the second half of games this season, hopefully.
3: No, definitely, yeah. You know, a few of the boys in section four. A few of them probably been to school together, actually. But um, yeah, it's, it's good for those boys. They'll get a, a bird's eye view of Dan. Hopefully, tormenting some some right backs this season.
0: Okay, nothing better than a young gun. Ahead, let's cast our eyes upon the remaining fixtures that make up ICTFC's first quarter of the season, and do so by framing each match as a classic action film, possibly a B, B- movie, maybe maybe not even an action film, maybe just the most stupid-sounding films we could find. First up, it's uh, Saturday, the 27th of August. Morton at home, radioactive cannibal Vikings from hell. one-one uh, against Hamilton, they've lost two-one against Apura Wraith, they've beaten Cove 1-0, and they've been a nil-nil. With Dundee, is this the season, though, that we actually start to beat teams like this regularly, um, and truly make the stadium a inverted commas hard place to come. If
3: we want to win the league, then we've got to beat these teams. That's that's what our downfall was last season. Too many drop points against so-called lower lower um, lower opposition. But after after last week's horror show, we need a performance, I think, before Motherwell. So, yeah, I don't I don't think it's an easy game. I, I think Morton will go down. I, Either them or Cove are still bottom two for me, but um, yeah, I think uh, it's been a tough game. I'll take, I'll take a scrappy 1-0 one, win, no, one, just get just get the uh, feet back in the ground
2: and get a bit of momentum going in. Yeah. I think a scrappy 1-0 win no, would be a very good result here. Martin have been pretty strong at the back.
0: Hey, what, well, what, right? So that is, because people might be listening to this after this game. So we'll take that as the response to if we win this game. So we've lost this game. What would your response be to us losing this game? Is it a, is it a crisis?
1: Yes and no. Yes, in terms of the fact that you know, as you say, you know, if we want to, you know, do anything in terms of challenging for the title or at least finishing as high up in the playoff spots as possible, um, getting points on the board early doors um, is, is is a necessity. Um, having said that, you know, we are notoriously slow starters, so we probably shouldn't be too concerned to some extent about our. Uh, um, poor start to the season but you know it, it feels like every year we kind of say this is the season we have to get out of the championship we have to get out of the championship and I think what benefited us a lot last year was that we got a lot of points on the table on on, on the board sorry early doors. so when we went on that sustained horror run of what was it 12-13 games without a win we were largely untroubled in terms of our position um, I don't think we're going to have that luxury this year I think this this is going to be an extremely tight league this year so um Whilst it's maybe hard to see someone running away with um, the, the kind of lead um, early doors, um, I do think from a confidence perspective, um, I think we really need to be looking to win this one. So if we were to lose it, I think, you know, there, there, there'd be a few bums starting to twitch a little bit. Um, you know, not, not a full-blown crisis by any stretch of the imagination, but there'd be a kind of a, you know, clamour to, you know, maybe sign another goal scorer or something or, you know, another creative player. Um yeah, it's it's something I think we need to win, but
0: yeah. A nymphoid barbarian and dinosaur hell. I think that's pretty accurate about Motherwell. Uh, in, in Europe, they held up a big flag stating Westlife are pish before getting pumped out by Sligo Rovers. So we're definitely not going to get a big Tifo saying Tam Kevin is fat. Um, they've beaten Aberdeen 3-2 at Pataudry there a week. Um, they're looking good under Stevie Hamill. Do we attack them or does Dodgy get a tactic stumble out?
3: game, I'd go at them, you know. It's it's a one off game, it's not it's not a league game, it's nothing to lose. I mean we're the we're the the the, the underdogs, aren't we? So yeah, I think they're for taking. I'm not gonna say we'll win, but I think we've got a good go at it and uh yeah, like you said, keep a game for Dan McKay to push on. I'm just looking at their team and uh, there's not really any world, world beaters in that team, you know. I mean Van V up front will be a handful depending on who plays at centre half but God,
0: you need Dairy Divine for that one, don't you?
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, it's it's a free right, hit as far as I'm concerned. As long as we don't disgrace ourselves with a shambolic performance, you know, akin to Park Thistle, I'm I'm not too fussed about this one. I mean, what I would say is, I mean, it's early days, but they are sitting third in the in the Premiership Premier League.
0: Okay, Saturday the third of September, wreath away. Uh, I still know what you did last summer for them. Uh, <laughs> I'm not taking anything else than a convincing win. Do you agree? The
2: with couple of things that are maybe quite positive. Um Ethan Ross was really good from last year, and apparently they all think he's he's his he's totally sort of um his game is totally sort of um collapsed. Um so that's good. They find him really slow. Um Zanatak, who has gone right off form anyway, has just been sold to Hamilton. Um, so he was a, a thorn on our side last season that won't be there anymore. And uh, Scott Brown and Dylan Easton both went off early against Hamilton injured. So those would be big losses because they've been good for them. So yeah. I think if, if those injuries are, are serious, then that could be great. And it is Wraith Rovers, so it is the law that we win. But um, <laughs> I just, um, you know, I, 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 I just think that they might be far more difficult than we thought they would be four weeks ago.
0: Saturday, 10th of September, Hamilton at home, the the kids are all right, three draws uh, and a defeat. Has there been a change of shape or a selection of tactics with ranking taking over here, has anybody heard?
2: They've signed Zanatta though, and although I said that Zanatta's been shit, Zanatta always starts well with clubs and is a real pain against us, you know, with Partick and Reid and stuff like that. So you could just see him kind of pitching up and just hitting his... His five, the middle of his five-run game of form before it falls off a cliff against us, you know, and, and tearing yeah. us apart.
0: Again, like Sub says, though, you know, if we want to have a cushion, if we want to have a good season, um, we need to be beating Hamilton at home in the first mm-hmm. in the first run of matches. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturday, the 17th of September, Dundee away, the unbearable weight of massive talent. The new Nicolas Cage film, where he plays Nicolas Cage, but Basket Case Dundee are not looking like usual Basket Case Dundee. Uh, they actually look quite good. The 4-2 win against broth. They've beaten Wraith 1-0 recently at time of recording. It's a 0-0 with, with Morton, um, which is, could be a good result. Are we worried? Are we worried here? I saw them on TV. I thought they looked very good. High tempo, very attacking.
3: That's yeah, so where your man, Gary Boyer's team play. I mean, I, I watched the, the Salford City um, documentary on Sky a year or two ago, and he was the boss at the time. And uh seemed like a good coach, I think. It was a weird move from. I didn't see... Um, moving to Dundee I thought it would be your man Kevin Thompson after all the, the stuff with Kelty but yeah I think that's the sort of Bromart we should be looking at if if we beat teams like that we'll be up there but yeah the likes of Dundee and Thistle will be the, the tough games this season I'm, uh, I'm worried about that one
2: they look good up front, don't they? Um, yeah, is that running up front? That, they just... it's a run there, and they behind them that Josh Mulligan guy who apparently is really good. They're they're, they're really, really um, impressed by him.
0: Uh we'll probably do a September pod before this one, but we'll cover it off anyway, just for the last the last run of this of this quarter. Air away. Um, you know, such a long way away. All I'm gonna say is air is just always a brilliant away, day, isn't it? You know, always always a good laugh.
2: Yeah, they're looking good as well, though, surprisingly good.
0: Yeah, they're you know, top of the league at the them, moment, aren't they? So Okay, and that will bring quarter one to an end and Callie Thistle is ready to go toe-to-toe with everyone. You want to ring the bell? Want to ring the bell? gonna go to who's who's that at the door at this time of night tom how you doing put your put your crutches down over there put your crutches down put your feet up stevie you're good at uh you're good at talking to players
3: 10 minutes and obviously they started playoffs you but were, you were you were on fire actually came back into the team and playing really well and then this happened um What's your injury, mate, and uh, how it came about?
7: I, it was crazy, like, I think. Uh, so it was about the 10th minute, as you said. Um, it felt as if it was longer, actually, in the game because I'd been on the ball quite a few times. So it felt, it felt kind of longer. And then uh, I just, obviously, the ball got knocked down. I think it was Shane, just at the edge of the box. He's knocked it down to me. And I've just ran on, just tried to strike it in the volley, full force. And uh, obviously, the boys blocked it as I've kind of struck it. Um, and then it was just, obviously, it was a bad one. So it was my ACL and my PLC, which is in the kind of outside, along with a lateral ligament, so it's uh, quite a bad one in the knee. But as you said, obviously I'm a uh, wee bit of jogging recently, which is encouraging and stuff. But um, I along with you go, but we're, we're getting there
3: slowly. I obviously, I, I said, I mean, you, you came back at a team you were playing, starting. I mean, you're, I mean, yourself and Rod obviously Rod you get a you get a injury at Hamilton at home, didn't he? But is that frustrating as well? The timing, you're ready to kick off in the playoffs, and it's a uh... I mean, it's the most important point of the season. Is, is the timing worse than anything?
7: I definitely. Like, that's the games, you know, you've worked all season for to... Well, obviously, you want to win the league, of course. But, uh, you know, you're, you're getting to the playoffs and then it's, it's the big games, especially on the telly and all the rest of it. So these are the big games that you want to play and that's why you play. So I, uh, it was devastating. And then, obviously, because, you know, it's a, it's a bad one after you get the scan and stuff. It's, uh, aye, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. But you kind of got to just get your head around it quickly and... Uh, uh, you've you've almost kind of got to be obsessed with your rehab and stuff and getting back fit, you, and then sort of the wee goals every day, enjoy them. You know that's what kind of gets you gets you through. So, um, aye, no, it's tough, but you've just got to keep your keep your chin up and keep moving forward.
3: I suppose, see, you know, cause it's a it's a serious injury. You, you don't have that wee niggle. oh can I make it back for a bros? Can I make it for St. John's? You, you pretty much resign yourself, don't you, to it? Like, this is the the long, hard slog here.
7: I you know, it's crazy. Like sometimes like I've had six week hammy hammy injuries and I've actually been more down in the dumps than I've been with this one. I think it's because it's such a long term injury, it's hard to even get your head around when you're going to be back. So you almost kinda you almost resign yourself to that kind of fact. So I it's been a bit like that. Um I've not my head's not gone yet. I'm all right. So um I just you've you kinda as I said, you've got to almost be obsessed with getting yourself back fit. That's and enjoy those wee things every day when you get better. So uh, like getting out jogging, that was a that was a good wee moment kind of thing. Um It's easy to get excited and stuff, but obviously it's too soon for using the ball and all that. So we're still a, a long way away, but it's it's good wee things like that help.
3: What's the what's the gaffer been to you over the summer? Is it just a uh, touching me, touching base, and keep your chin up, or is it when he wins, like just do what you're doing, and we'll we'll chat when you you need us sort of fitness? I's uh, been
7: brilliant. Um, support's been brilliant from everyone. Um, the physios, the surgeon, everyone's been first class. Uh, all the boys as well. Do you know what I mean? So, and the coaching staff, honestly, everyone's been first class. That was the biggest thing I noticed when it when it happened. You know, I think it was the second leg. Um, obviously that was the first leg, and that was me knackered. But then the second leg, and see the boys for the game. Obviously, just to just to see them, and then I get bad news um, from someone someone else. gave me sort of bad news about the time, and then it's turned out it's not been as long as that, but. Um but the boys support was first class and they were just gonna play this massive second
3: leg. So um I do you know what everyone's been been brilliant that way. And look this season good and bad, I suppose we've seen a few white players this season that's gonna obviously give you a lot of competition for when you're back. How have you how have you thought the new boys coming in and does it make you hungry to try and to win that shot back when you're when you're ready to go?
7: Yeah, definitely. But um well, first of all I think the whole settled in well off the part and on the part, and I'm sure they'll obviously themselves like anyone else will uh, we want to, you know, get get flying and assisting goals like we all do as wingers and and wide players. Um, yeah, I think they've all done well. I think when they've played, whether they've started, or coming on. They've all they've all shown what they can do. Um, and I'm sure there's more to come. But yeah, and they're all good guys as well. So now I welcome them in. And competition's good. Do you know what I mean? That's what you want. That's what Spurs everyone on and makes the squad stronger and and get as up as size we can.
3: And then for you, how much was timeline? In? is it we don't know yet? Have you given? Have been given any? I don't know. Time frames uh what months you expect to be sort of training more the team bulwark or is it just see how things go
7: well no honestly in terms of that it's not sure um it's just it's just honestly it's day-to-day like um it's cliche but it is i mean oh, it's a standard acl you're probably looking at six months so i've obviously got this plc thing and outside in the lateral ligaments and things so an F. anything below six months would be unbelievable um you know, and as I said, when you see yourself out jogging, you, you start getting a bit excited, but no. you do have to be realistic as well because time is the biggest healer. You know what I mean? So um I will will and play the year, but I'm on track, and you know, I think I'm a wee bit ahead as well. So just got to keep that up and try. No of any setbacks, you know. Um But I anything under six months would be would be brilliant to be honest.
3: And as a the team, I think it's I, think, I don't know what the answer. Will be but what's what do you think the goals the team will be this season? And is it get up by any way necessary?
7: Well, absolutely. Obviously we're forty five minutes away last last season. It's uh, devastating in the end, but the boys done absolutely brilliant in the playoffs to get to to get to that stage. Unfortunately, we just came up a wee bit short. So, I of course like that's always the aim. As soon as long as we we'll win this league, that will be always the aim. Um, obviously everyone's wanting to win the league, but um, you know it goes without saying. But yeah, just obviously it's quite the aim and playoffs again. Of course, at least and then obviously. See what it takes us um out with
0: that. <laughs> right, see you later Tom. See ya. Bye. Oh bye Tom. God, you must have you uh, must have had anything else to do. Just knocking about
3: just to just to f- yeah, just keeping tabs.
0: Just trying to find people to talk to. And now Mailbag in the world of action films, who always delivers? So it's time for a resident postman to get on his chopper because he ain't got time to bleed. He needs your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle because he's going commando. He's read all your messages and memorized them. That's right. He's got total recall. Stick around for the mailbag with none other than Andrew Arnie Sutherland.
1: My word. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for uh, all the questions. I think some of them we've already kind of like um, touched on um, earlier in the pod, so I won't go um, with some of those, but I'll just pick out a couple here. Uh, William Wallace um, saying on Twitter that he's not overly convinced with it. Harper at left back. What are your thoughts on Cammy Harper and how he's been doing uh, so far? I, mean, I think it improved. I mean, I think there's still work to be done, um, but I think um, yes, yeah,
3: it's, it's also there's obviously confidence shown by Dodge to to keep him in this season and, as we said before, about DC themselves in the centre-half, but Yeah, going forward is still better than defensively, but I think he's he's getting there. I just think he's he's got a couple of couple of tweaks his game that he needs to improve on. But yeah, I think better than last season so far.
0: I think he's very good going forward. Uh, He's a lot better going forward this season. His overlapping runs are really good. Um, He's still got his game to work on defensively, but Mm -hmm. if he doesn't get minutes, he's not going to get better. So you've got to allow. It's got to be a certain sort of leeway for games where he's going to have mistakes and then hopefully once we get past the first quarter of matches and we're still in the mix, possibly mid-table, they'll improve for the rest of the season.
1: Paul Irvin uh, asking, given Section 94 and the club seem to uh, want to stay in the West stand, uh, is it time that side of the ground was turned like cover um, over that side of the stadium? Um, am I right or wrong about that? They were waiting, I think there was a delay because the concerts, they couldn't do anything in the
3: summer because that's yeah. where the stage would have been for the gigs, but I think they were talking to some local companies,
1: I, I can't remember you might be right mate in terms of timelines but I think the plan in place But um, I mean kind of follow on question the same kind of theme, Aldo 1991 asking, uh, will a roof be in place uh, for winter, obviously talking about a roof over the guys in the in the west stand uh, maybe to try and keep some of that noise that they generate in rather than just losing it to the uh, a nine. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we spoke about it before. I think there was
3: plans last season and we're speaking to some companies, but they had to push it back because of the gigs and essentially where the stages were, they couldn't really do anything to the West End. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think, I think, th- I think it's on place, but maybe that's something the Sports Trust can help with. Maybe get together with the club and certainly fund it because yeah, Chris will send a lot better as well because as yeah. you said, if. If they're over there, it right. just travels up the up the bridge or down the nine. So, yeah. judging yeah. judging
0: by how long things will, will take, going by Jennifer H's interview, there's not going to be a, a roof on it for December. I don't think they'll be in there for that long, to be honest, because they're doing such a good job. And uh, I think, like Dan alluded to in his interview, there's people joining them all the time. And if the club is on a mm. you know a good footing as it is, you know, and we are, and hopefully a promotion push this season, and then we do eventually get Premier League in the next two or three years then I can't see them being there because the space isn't big enough for them. I think they will eventually have to go back into a portion of the North Stand or that vastly underused, as it has been for Twenty-five years section on on the side of the the of the main staff.
1: Cool. Well, that's it. Um, I see everything else we kind of um covered. Really, you know, but it was some questions about um, obviously you know Tiffany destroying us on Thursday night. Eh, sorry, Friday night. Sorry. Um, it's got Alan obviously moving to our growth Um, and reinforcements at right back and in centre midfield. So yeah, thanks to everyone who put questions in, and uh, yeah, we'll get some more for the next pod. Sub. Yes.
0: Get to the chopper! For
1: McDonald, Up the Castle, Leverage Man, Wheat Cheese Hostel, Jenny Heaver, CCTV, Peegee's Pizzas, Judith's City, Farland Park, The Library, Spectrum Center, Molly Story, Cali Thistle, The Golden Mile, Music Center, Ma'alan.
0: Competition time, we're nearly done, but before we go, it's competition time. That's right, it's competition time. Help me,
4: Rod. Help me help you. Help
0: me help you. That's right, Tom. One lucky listener is going to win Robbie D's signed pink shirt right now.
4: If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase is trademark, not to use as a Ricky Bobby.
0: Build it and they will come. And they did some 101 of you on Twitter. So without further ado... Who is the
1: winner?
0: Jenny Maguire said, Show me the money, sub. Sub, show me the winner. Who has won this, this beautiful piece of apparel?
1: The winner um, is by um, you know complete coincidence. It's actually me. Um, I've won it, so <laughs> I'll be taking it. Thank you very much. <laughs> um no. Um, uh, the winner is uh, the very lucky uh, Nathan McKenzie. So, uh, Nathan, give us a shout on uh, Twitter um, after you hear this in the pod, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get you sorted out uh, with the shirt being uh, posted out to you. Mate. Uh, yeah, congratulations, Nathan. Hope you enjoy the shirt. And uh, yeah, I uh, I hate you. you, got the touch. you got the
0: power. That's all for us from now. We hope you've enjoyed this action pack pod. We'll be back in a few weeks to run the rule over the next batch of games, to hopefully welcome back the likes of Welshy, Danny Devine, and Maximum Ram. I'm, I'm, sure, it's, I'm sure Charlie Sheen's in that. Uh, and to celebrate more wins and commiserate over less losses. Until then, it's bye from them, bye from me, and we're all off to watch a Nymphoid Barbarian in Dinosaur Hell. Or maybe just all the lethal weapons. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other, and bye for now. Yep, yep. Boys, we're too old for this shit.